0: Open up your Bibles to First Peter chapter 3. We're looking at one whole verse today. Keeping it simple for the gentleman here today. Uh, we are looking at what it is to be a good husband. Um, I, I, I've heard often, whether I'm talking to students or whether I'm talking to full-grown adults, mature people, I'm still looking for people like that, including trying to be one of those people, Um, that they talk about uh, what it is to live and how how they're uh, going through life. And uh, someone would say, well, what do you believe? And they say, oh, that doesn't really matter. That's just my religion. That's just my religion. And as we look at this passage, we've been in this passage for a long time now. Um, This is a passage uh, of God's word where God's communicating with his people Something very important is that our relationship with Jesus, to have our sins forgiven in Jesus Christ, uh, it matters to everything that you do. I think about uh, the different things that we fill our day with uh, when we read the news, when we uh, speak with our husband or our wife, when we raise our kids, when we go to our work, when we go to school, when we play sports, when we watch TV. all these things are impacted and instructed by the very fact that we uh, know Jesus Christ, that we have a relationship with Him. And this morning, I want to remind you of that. I want to speak directly to husbands. And, and to be real uh, clear on what that is, I realize that not everyone is a husband here today. Some of you are just potentially husbands. Uh, that you might get married someday. And some of you are are young ladies and uh, and women. And I I just want to encourage you that God's Word has something to say about everything. Um, And so we come to God's Word. And I want to give a warning to those who are married here today. As I go over this, it's interesting for uh, me to be a pastor as I study things to share with you I am in the same boat with you. I'm preaching to myself this morning. Uh, and I've gone over this passage over and over again. I've taught it over and over again. But each time I teach it, I realize, yeah, you too are a husband. And to remember that. Uh, I want to I want to encourage us as married people to remember this, that we answer to God for our marriage. This is not something that... Uh, is just a relationship, a husband and a wife, but we answer to God for the way we are acting in our marriage, what we are doing, how we are treating the other person. We answer to God for those things. He has blessed us with marriage, and so we answer to him as a steward of the good gifts that God has given us. Uh, We have to go back to the one who has entrusted us uh, with such a great honor. Uh, I want to encourage you, too, that many of you think of marriage as kind of like a hostage situation. Where's he going with this? Uh, Hostage situation. You do what I say. You do what I want. And nobody gets hurt. And nobody gets hurt. I want to tell you, uh, that may be the way the world does it. But this is not the way the Lord commands us. You do what I want or you'll pay. Uh, You'll pay dearly for not obeying me. This is not God's view of marriage. God's view of marriage is written about in his book. We're going to go over part of it today. And we will answer to him uh, how we uh, obey him and follow him and honor him in our marriage. We'd stand in honor of God's word. I would like to read to you this one verse uh, today. This one verse, First Peter. <coughs> excuse me, First Peter, chapter three. First uh, Peter, chapter three, verse um, seven. Sorry, should have prepared. I forgot I was preaching today. God's word says this, Likewise, husbands, live with your wives in an understanding way, showing honor to the woman as the weaker vessel, since they are heirs with you of the grace of life, so that your prayers may not be hindered. And God, as we uh, get to look at your word this morning, uh, we just ask that your Holy Spirit would illuminate uh, this for us, that you would teach us. That you would not leave us to our own devices, our own thoughts, but that we would know what you say and we would, by your power, be able to do and accomplish. God, thank you for the grace that you've showered upon us. Help us to uh, have the mind of Christ as we look at your word and as we are changed by it. God, we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. He turns now to husbands. He says, likewise, husbands. He's already spoken uh, about wives. He's talked about masters and uh, masters' relationship to the, the slaves' master relationship. He's a- already talked about uh, dealing with crazy government, not that we could relate. But uh, that we, uh, we see these relationships, and now he says, likewise, as he's already spoken to the women, he now speaks to the men, and he says, likewise, this is a similar uh, type responsibility that you have to me, and I have some things to say about it. It's one verse. It's very simple, and I don't know if that says anything other than uh, this is all that God wants us to know uh, in this context about husbands. That husband-wife relationship is something special. You can go to other places in the Scripture, in Ephesians 5, I think of, and how the beauty of uh, Christ and His church, and, and how He takes the, this most precious relationship, and He relates it to another relationship that He has made, the husband-wife relationship. Uh, I, I think that so often in our comforts, we have uh, limited marriage <coughs> as like, kind of like a roommate situation. We're just kind of sharing a house together, and you know, from time to time, we bump into each other in the hallway, uh, and we kind of you know share some things. But it's really not the closeness that God has designed. And I, I just want to remind you that God's word is clear that of uh, the how special it is uh, to be in a marriage relationship and to be honored. Obviously, even as we think about uh, our young people getting married, we think about uh, encouraging young marriages. We want to impress upon the next generation the sacredness of marriage, uh, that it is not something that is to be taken lightly nor avoided uh, because we're scared and because uh, no one else is uh, cherishing marriage. And so we come to God's word uh, where he speaks to the husbands. His word says this, and really I have five things that he tells husbands about this marriage relationship. He says, live with your wives. And the first one is live with, live with. And that sounds so obvious, but it's not. This idea of living with is the idea of sharing a home, sharing a life with, that as one gets married to another, that a husband is meant to share with a wife, a home, that, that he is to share everything and to be able to uh, live with her, to share a home, to share a bed, to share the days and the nights of his life, to be involved in family with her, and to finances, the joys and sorrows together, being an inseparable family with her, her and her alone. This is the picture of marriage. And and so often, as men in their selfishness think of it as something else, they say, you know, I don't want to really be with her. I I don't want to change my life. I don't want to give up that singleness, that freedom, that singleness, to exclusively share a home and everything that comes with it with a woman. And I want to tell you, as a man, as a husband... This is your lifelong partner and goal, is that you would share life with your wife. That you would be with her together, that you would dwell with her. Um, I think so often uh, we think about how we can maintain our selfishness while being married. I don't think that's the goal of marriage, is to maintain your selfishness. I don't think in fact I think it's one of the ways God sanctifies us in marriage is that He removes and challenges our selfishness. You know, as a young man I I can remember, you know, thinking about terms in in mine of mine. This is my schedule, this is my day, this is my car, this is my stuff, this is what I want to do, even this is my school. This is, you know, mine, mine, mine. And God doesn't want us to, as we enter into the marriage relationship, he doesn't want us to maintain mine. But now uh, to come together in partnership, to share life and home with one another. It seems more uh, natural for a woman. And yet for a man, sometimes there's this selfishness that uh, he desires to maintain his Uh, independence apart from a wife and so he says live with her live with her he he says a a very specific way live with your wives in an understanding way first of all before i move on from your wives it's not talking about plural wives you shouldn't have multiple wives hate to have to say that in a world like we are today it's a bad deal it's bad practically but it's also bad in obedience to God. There's this now exclusivity of the, the husband, that he has one wife, that she's his, that he is totally invested in her. But he calls to li- uh, him to live with his wife in an understanding way. Um, th- this idea of understanding other translations, I believe, use the word "knowledge." But, but it's this idea of knowing, caring, studying his wife to, to understand who she is, to live with her uh, not as, uh, you think about the different possessions that you have, men, and, uh, and I'm not saying the wife is a possession, but sometimes you treat her as such, and there's this idea of like, ah, she'll just sit over there and not do what, you know, and I'll deal with her when I, when I need to, that's not the way this deal works. It's that we are in relationship with our wife and the, that he calls us to live with her in an understanding way. And what that means is this, that you don't have to understand women. It's a futile, it's a futile uh, idea anyways. You know, I always think it's funny that some colleges have, um, have majors in women's studies. And only women go to them. I mean, like, what is that? Like, the the ones who should be going to that are men, right? Uh, I'll leave it at that. Um, Keep moving. Keep moving. Skating on thin ice here, you know. Anyways, uh, uh, I want to encourage you men that you don't need to understand women. You need to study your wife. Your wife. You need to understand her and try to, uh, as the days go on, understand her and, and, and listen to her and watch her and, and study her. To know her, to know her strengths and weaknesses. To know what she loves and what she hates. To, uh, in, in ways to, to watch her and to, to see what inspires her, or what frightens her. And, and to, to watch her grow. And what's interesting over life is that things change. Things change. It's interesting. I, I know some of you men have been married a very long time. And you are far ahead of me. And, and yet, as, I, as I'm in marriage and I have a wife of over, I guess it's going to be 26 years next month. Um, we grow together. And uh, she has been with me uh, more of her life than she wasn't with me. And so there's this impact that we grow together and we've shared the joys and sorrows of life. And so she has changed as I have changed. And this idea that my wife is a lifelong study for me, that I am to uh, know her and uh, know her and know her alone uh, as the study of my life. So the first thing, men, is to live with your wife in an understanding way. Second point this morning for us men is, is this. As you look at this this one verse, it says, uh, live with your wives in an understanding way, showing honor to the woman. Showing honor. Once again, maybe the uh, the word respect. Uh, I think that other translations use the word respect, but to respect your wife. this This word is the idea of you giving her her due or her, her allotment. It, it's a word that uh, we use for honorarium. When somebody comes and, and does something, you honor them by giving them what is due them. And this is very important. I think it is uh, something for specifically for men that it's easy for us sometimes to, think, to look down on a woman, to, to disrespect her, And once again, in our selfishness and pride driven uh, by looking down on it, he says, No, as God's word would say, this is what you are to do. What is that? To respect her, to show her honor, to give her her due, to show her her worth. It's important, men, as the frustrations of life come about and they mount. Uh, maybe it's, it's one frustrating thing after another. Not that any of you have been frustrated recently uh, with the life that you're living. Uh, I won't point out anybody. Um, and don't be doing none of this either in church. There's a lot of elbows here at Bear Valley Church. Uh, um, as we look at the frustrations of life, God has not given you a wife to take it out on. He has given you a wife to partner with, to encourage one another, to cherish her, and to give her her respect that God has given her. It says this: uh, it says, so we're to live with our wives, we're to respect our wives, or to show her honor, and thirdly, we're to remember their weakness. There's not much said about this, but I, I do want to h- highlight this because I think it's critical and really uh, one of the areas that I see men fail in over and over and over again. Showing honor to the w- woman as the weaker vessel. as he, he says this weaker vessel, and we're not sure uh, grammatically in the Greek that, uh, whether this means respect her as the weaker vessel or... Um, that it just that it's all connected together. They to respect her, and to uh, acknowledge that she we're to live with her as the weaker vessel. But this that, that we're to remember that she is the weaker vessel. There's no definition here. It just says the weaker vessel. It doesn't mean. In fact, it's going to go on to say real quickly after this that co There's an equality. There's a weaker, but there's an equality. Okay, so be careful. Some of you are. Uh, your feminist roots are coming out right now, and you're going, I don't know if I believe in that. Um, I want to encourage you all, uh, when you come to the scriptures, uh, let God be the first one to speak and the last one to speak, okay? That you would submit your ideas and thoughts to him. But he says this, as the weaker vessel, um, he, he wants men to remember as they are in relationship with a wife that she is the weaker vessel, not less valuable, not, uh, not one that is uh, not important, but just simply the weaker vessel. In fact, uh, I think it's interesting, the way he says it is weaker, meaning that out of the weak things, um, husband and wife, she is just simply the weaker. Uh, it's not the weak and the strong, it's two weak people and she is the weaker of the two. And think of it in terms like this, you know, if one, if people are poor, how poor are they? Well, one may have four cents and the other have five, right? Which one has more? Well, it doesn't really matter, does it? But it matters that one, you know, it's pointing out there, there's a little bit less. It's interesting, I think that men, I, I say it this way, to remember this, to remember this, uh, what happens in a, a marital argument? Uh, sorry to bring that up right now. Some of you are going. You really want to know? I got some ideas. Uh, I could. I could even display one. We were working on one this morning. Uh, uh, what happens in a marital argument? Sometimes you think, well, it's a competition. Who's going to win? Who's going to win? And you say, well, uh, as a husband, sometimes you say, well, I I wasn't doing anything. I was just minding my own business. And then she came at me, and so I had to respond. And it it was this uh, elevating thing, right? You say, well, uh, you know, if there's a sense of like this, I got to come in a bigger sense back, right? I want to tell you why that turns out poorly all the time. A couple of reasons. God has blessed you with each other not to fight with. But to be partners with as you fight against the world it's not it 's not intended for you to fight with one another and then the the second part of that is this that uh men and I, I know that we could stand and give testimony couldn't we of arguments that you 've won and lost at the same time, right that you thought you're, you know you thought that it was a good idea to come with overwhelming force. And all you did was hurt the partner of your life. That you, uh, the one that you are called to one flesh relationship with, that you're like hurting yourself because you are winning your arguments. I want to encourage you, men, to remember that your wife is a weaker vessel. It's not that she's incapable. Women can do most anything that men can do, they can. Uh, they're many times smarter many times more disciplined many times uh, more uh, driven than than men that's not the point the point is for men to remember there's a weakness there that's meant to be we're to be reminded of that we would not abuse the very one that the lord has blessed us with and given us as a partner for life So we move on uh, to remember that we are co-heirs, co-heirs. As you look at the, this verse, it says this, as a weaker ve- vessel, since they are heirs with you of the grace of life. Now, uh, I mentioned before that weak and weaker, right? That, that's what the picture is. Now he, he turns real quickly to say this, they are co-heirs with you, they are are." As the inheritance is read, as the gifts are given out uh, because of relationship, they stand as co heirs with you of the grace of life. The salvation that comes and all the riches that come with being in relationship with Jesus for the husband and wife relationship, they are equal. They're sons and daughters. And, and what this pictures is so important in marriage, and if we can get this, I think it could be the key to your marriage. I think it could be the key to it. How much do you need Jesus? Think about that right now. Husbands, how much do you need Jesus? How much did you need Jesus for your salvation, and how much do you need him now? Is it just every once in a while? And you say, oh, no. It blows my mind how much I need him. You know, I could sing Amazing Grace on the hour every hour. And when my sin breaks, right, I I could do this over and over again. Why? Because I need him all the time. And so I stand. I don't stand. I, I humbly am before him, needing him all the time. And I look to my right or I look to my left and there is my wife as well. In need of the Savior every day. And so we we're these incredibly needy people. We're, we're two incredibly needy people begging for mercy, needing his mercy, and have all the riches of heaven at the same time. Do you get that? All the riches of heaven we share. And and and, and who is the one that is poor? Neither of us are rich because of Jesus. We stand equal in our need for the Savior, but equal in our riches that we gain from being in relationship with Him. That could be the key to your marriage. Both needy and both rich, we share that in common. We are co heirs. And lastly, God's word says this, verse 7, he says this, so that your prayers may not be hindered. So that your prayers may not be hindered. Uh, Where did that come from? You know, I, I was tracking with you, Peter, as you were sharing this. I, I understood, like, okay, you got to be a good husband. Like, God's blessed you, and so we're supposed to live with her. I get that, you know, this idea of treating her well. I got I got this respect. All these things I, I understand. And then wh- what does this have to do with my prayer life? What does this have to do? So I thought, God, we were talking about my relationship to my wife. I, I wasn't. You know, I thought we weren't talking about my relationship with you. I think that's the point. Is that there isn't a relationship that is separate from your relationship with God. Your wife relationship, your, your sharing of life, your living with her, flows out of your relationship with God. There's no great relationship with God without honoring his words in marriage. Men, uh, we like to compartmentalize. I'm awesome at work. Not so much at home. Uh, I can do this. I can be a great athlete, but uh, I'm not a great dad. I can uh, succeed in one area and fail in another. And and that may or may not be true, but this is the point. This is the point. In relationship, the most important relationships, that with your wife, it flows out of your relationship with God. Men, uh, and I've seen this over and over again, maybe been uh, guilty of it as well. I think we're a leader in the church. We think we're one who knows the scriptures well. We think we're one who uh, has this deep, intimate relationship with the Father through His Son, Jesus Christ. And yet, we're not treating our wife right. The picture here is this. That if we have problems in our marriage because we're failing to honor the Lord in our marriage, we will have problems with the Lord. We'll have problems in our prayer life. It goes without comment, and yet it comes in as a, a striking turn to say, oh yeah, this all works together. A husband's relationship with the father is impacted and connected to his relationship with his wife.